0: Welcome to my podcast, You Are Here For Now, a series of conversations inspired by my new book of the same name. I'm your host, artist and author, Adam J. Kurtz. Each week on this show, I'll chat with some of the smartest, kindest, most generous, beautiful, amazing, talented people I know, and ask them about all of that being alive stuff that we don't always get to talk about, like passion, purpose, mortality, true love, defining success mental illness, and figuring out what's next when you don't really know what you're doing. These conversations have already helped me so much, and I can't wait to share them with you. In this episode, I'm chatting with friends and fashion icons Tavi Gevinson and Laya Garcia about fashion, karaoke, the new Gossip Girl, Elevating other creative voices, bringing your whole self to everything you do, and meeting people where they're at with whatever art you create. Taffy Gevinson is a writer and actor whose credits include This Is Our Youth and The Crucible on Broadway, the TV show Scream Queens, and currently HBO Max's Gossip Girl. She also founded and edited Rookie, the online publication and book series for teens, from 2011 to 2018. Laya Garcia is a writer and editor whose work has appeared in the New York Times, T Magazine, Dazed, Elle, and Vogue. She was one of the original rookies, is a karaoke queen, and one of the coolest people I met in my 20s in New York City. Laya and Tavi, welcome to the podcast.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me, Terry. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, we've started, started off well with a, uh, oh my god. How am I supposed to, uh, where, how am I supposed to come back from that? This
1: is us. I'm just, okay. I Because you said you were going to read the intros to make it feel like formal or just to, to set an intention. It immediately put me in a place of like, ooh, I could be in a dark booth talking to
2: Terry Gross right now. Yeah.
0: That, those are big shoes to fill. I feel
1: probably pretty tiny.
2: Yeah. I bet I was going <laughs> to say, you can, you can't, yeah. <laughs>
0: My puppies are killing me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: um,
0: oh my gosh. Okay, so let's start Let's start in earnest. Okay. Um, Laya and Tavi, I'm so excited to have you on this episode because you two are our old friends of each other. And in the last few years, I sort of slid my way into this friend group. And it is a very special one. And I'd like to know, how did you two meet? And at the time, do you think you knew how close you would grow um, and remain all these years?
2: Um, We met in the back in the days of blogs. I want to say it was 2009, perhaps. That feels right. Uh, 2010. uh, I had a fashion blog called GeometricSuite.blogspot.com. And somehow I came across this cool community of other fashion blogs one of which was style rookie and that yeah style rookie.blogspot.com and that is how we met but I specifically
1: remember I feel like one of our okay I know I got this email and was like oh I know this girl but it maybe it was our first interaction because I remember I had gotten a bit of nasty press on (laughs) New York mag (laughs) and I got an email from you with the subject line on the NY mag bullshit because I think I just had my email address listed and then you had like an encouraging message of like don't listen to the haters blah 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 and then and I, I I remember that as the first exchange but I could definitely be wrong.
2: I feel like we probably commented on each other's blogs. And then that happened, Mm -hmm. Um, and, like, maybe that was her first, like, direct interaction, but also, you know, I mean, people know, but Tavi was, like, 11, 12 at the time. I
0: I love that you met through, like, a sort of work-slash-friendship exchange, where it's, like, rooted in your creative pursuits, but then also, like, no, we're two real people, and somehow the media forgot that, and, like... There's a lot, you know what I mean? There's like a lot that I, I love that you were like, we're on blog spot, like New York magazine. Can you just relax? like? <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes. I felt seen. And then I, then I would see you like when I came to New York and stuff, cause I grew up outside Chicago. And then when I finally moved here, like seven years ago, uh, we like could be, we could hang out for real, but it's been like 10 years since the first exchange, or more.
2: More, yeah. Yeah, we were, I mean, I don't think anybody could have thought about what any of our futures in general would be. Like, obviously, after the first time we hung out, which was in London, and then the first time that Tabby came to New York, um, her dad... Thought that I was like a responsible adult and sort of I could, <laughs> I could, I could take her around. He wasn't.
0: He hadn't um, met you at karaoke.
2: Yet. <laughs> no. <laughs> so, so I think at first it was very much like little sister, big sister relationship. What I think is the coolest thing about our friendship is that it came from sort of a big sister, little sister feeling, at least for me. And then you know, at some point you are in an even playing field. Like, that yes. That mm-hmm. age difference, like, stops being a thing. And I mean, not that I wasn't, like, learning from her when she was, like, younger or whatever, but...
0: Right. I think we don't always, like, see people as people at different stages. Like, our mom is not a person when we're young. Yeah. And <laughs> your younger sibling is not a person when you're both kids. And then as you get older, you start to realize, like, oh, actually, everyone's just figuring it out and then obvious like when I think about the careers that each of you have had it's like just a bunch of cool stuff that leapfrog to the next cool thing and also kind of a slow and steady growth you know what I mean like there's nothing about what either of you do that's like oh why does she have that she just came out of nowhere overnight success it's like you can see it I I think about your career a lot um, because I you know I just love you and I'm your friend and I'm just very emotionally invested in your success and happiness. And like, when I think about, you know, the, the publications that you were at or, or helped, um, helped shape and form. Like when I think about your time at Lenny as, as an editor, but then accidental art director. And like, you know, I come from like an art and illustration background. The fact that so many people got their first client work because you just like found them and hired them. Um, which I guess, you know, is is sort of an extension of, of what Rookie was all about. And maybe we'll talk about that later in the podcast. But first, I want to talk to you about the first time I met you. And this is really me sort of like cementing my role in this friendship. And <laughs> I also just thought that like, you know, we've heard from two women speaking for a long time, and it would be nice to hear from a man. About time. Um, yeah, right? <laughs> I think for far too long, men have been silenced on podcasts.
2: Um,
0: Tavi, I think that I first met you at Laya's karaoke birthday party several years ago. And at that point, Laya and I, we were just sort of like Twitter friends. I like knew who you were. But when I saw you, I was like, I guess what I'm trying to say is I quickly realized that you are both professionals at karaoke and like the song choices are excellent and the vibe is 100% right. And I really enjoyed having you as karaoke friends because not all friends are created equally in the karaoke room and some people are terrible to do it with. Yes. So my question is, if you had to pick a song right now to sing, what would it be? A song that would encapsulate you in this moment, in this space, imagining that it's like us and like, you know, our partners and like the Taco Bell carryout box
1: set. Ah. Uh. Would like to take some of the new Olivia Rodrigo out for a spin. I'm almost tired of it, but it, uh, I haven't gotten to, you know, sing it at karaoke because we've been inside and stuff. So that would be
2: satisfying to me. Which one would you do?
1: Honestly, it's not like the most fun one, but when I listen to Trader,
2: I see myself doing it at karaoke. Okay. Okay, so my karaoke song. Yes. Actually, I have been going through an extreme Fleetwood Mac phase for the past several years. Um, so I think oh I God. would do "You Make Loving Fun." Ooh, mm. very good. Oh,
0: that's a very yes.
1: We would end up at "Hello, It's Me." Yes, of course. Tagalog grin, iconic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, we we could list truly fifty songs, but
2: yes. I, I'll stop there. But well, I think actually, I feel like we would start with that because
1: uh, well, hello, yes, yeah, of course.
2: you know, theme. <laughs> we have done same karaoke before one time right after the election. This was on like this was the first time actually we did hello it's me right after the election. Tavi's friend had a karaoke night that was like a rage against the election. And everybody picked songs that were raged against the machine, not the band, sort of the concept. And uh... <laughs> and actually, now that I think of it, Hello, It's Me had nothing to do with the theme, but that is the night that we did that song for the first time.
1: Wait, but it's so sad that there's been a whole other election since then and still when we say the election we mean 2016. <laughs> yeah.
0: yeah, we'll never not know what capital election we were e. talking about. Yeah. God, what a time. I um my you, you know, my karaoke song of choice is something that I can sing and You know, if you know me, I love Michelle Branch and Alanis Morissette, but I kind of refuse to sing them out of respect, which I think is the appropriate action. Um, But I love I love a Savage Garden.
2: Yes. I want to say Mm. counterpoint at my last birthday party before which was 2019. We sang Alanis together.
0: How drunk was I, though? Because I drink beer only at karaoke, that's the rule.
2: Uh, if it was my birthday, everybody was wasted.
0: So I remember this birthday because I wasn't supposed to be in town, but at the last minute I bailed on going to Fire Island yes. and I wanted to come as a surprise. So I went to K-Town to our usual spot and I bought a six pack of beer yes. and I'm walking around going room to room and you're not there. And it turns out you were at Sing Sing in the Lower East Side and I couldn't take my beer with me. Or did I take my beer with me? I don't remember. You
2: must have taken it with you. I think
0: I took a car instead of the train so I yeah. could drink my beer on the way. Um, That was a real time. And the karaoke guy was like, I don't think your friends are here. And I was like, this is where we go. <laughs> they're here. And then Jack finally got back to me. And he was like, they're not here.
2: Yeah, because they were booked. That's why. That is where we go. But they were booked. So we went down. We went to Sing Sing.
0: It was, it was like a fun night for me. And you know, now that I've left New York, like that's the kind of night that is like now so steeped in nostalgia that I just, I would give anything to like go to the wrong karaoke again.
2: And after that, Um, after we finished karaoke, speaking of iconic, like things that you do in New York in the summer, we like walked to the McDonald's from Delancey and we had really late night McDonald's.
0: Was that before the renovation or after?
2: Uh, after. It looked really nice. It was very high-tech. I
0: have not been to that McDonald's since they renovated it. And it just was just
2: like, you know, just like I feel like summers in New York are so special exactly because of things like that because you're just like, it's two in the morning. Who cares? Let's go to McDonald's.
1: The iconic New York McDonald's. <laughs> they, they should like really in the expand yeah.
0: McDonald's outside of New York. I think it would do really well internationally. <laughs> yeah, I, I could see it. I think they would have to do like an awareness campaign to like introduce people to the concept of, of cheeseburgers because it is such a distinctly New York thing. <laughs> um, um mm-hmm. Let's talk about if I feel like we've been all over the place. So all my planned questions are like completely, you know, pointless, but I would love to talk about like a moment that maybe you realize like, Hey, I'm, like, look at where I am right now. Like, I made it to this point. Like, I achieved a level of success that I wanted or that I, I knew I wanted but hadn't necessarily vocalized. Like, has there been a moment where you just look at your life and you're like, holy shit. Like, wow. Okay. Cool. And and if there has been a moment like that, you know, what did it feel like? Do you still feel that way? Maybe what led to it? Just curious.
1: Laya. Care to start?
2: Yeah. Yes, I have had that moment. You know, you say in your book, uh, you know, like you shouldn't be defined by like your career or what you do, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and so there was a point, I think, specifically at my last job when I was at Garage and I was a features director there, and I was like, this is what I wanted my whole life. Like, I wanted to work in fashion. I went to fashion week. I fucking got to edit a magazine. Like, I got to, like, I've always been obsessed with magazines. Um, the, the team was very small, so I could, like, talk directly with, with the director and with the art director and, be, you know, let's make this headline big. Like, all of these, like, nitty-gritty nerd shit, like, that was my job. And I was so, like, that job was, like, my dream job in the sense that I was doing all of the things that I wanted to do. And it involved all of the worlds that I'm interested in. Um, And that was, like, very cool. But then similarly, when that job doesn't exist anymore and, uh, like, a top brain, my top brain knows that... Just because, uh, I mean, I'm not unemployed, I'm freelance, but I also think that those sometimes I think that they're the same thing, uh, even though I know that they're not. Um,
0: Mm -hmm. That's deeply relatable. Yeah.
2: So when that gets taken away, I know that I'm not where I was before. Like, I know that I'm not like, not like it's not that that's success and those feelings that I felt like weren't real and I should still be proud of that, but it's sort of weird to, uh, I don't know. It's weird.
0: Yeah. I mean, you're in a, You're in. we're catching you in an in-between space specifically. And I love that you described too that your last role combined all your interests because I know that you also studied graphic design and you were fashion blogging for a decade and you've worked at all these different publications at the intersection of art and design and fashion and culture and writing. And it's like, all of those accomplishments have added up like stepping stones. And now you have this like clear ladder and it's sort of like you climb to the top of the ladder and you discovered that like there is a short plateau and now you need to build another ladder to get to the next one. But all your ladder building materials are just sort of lying around and you're like, Oh shit. Like, how do I put these together? I haven't had to build a ladder in a while. So I, I think that this is, something like like this podcast might be something that in three years I text you like a clip from and you're like oh my god I forgot about that and I no longer fully relate to that person like I remember how she felt but that is so in the rear view and and I will do that to you at some <laughs> point so you know I mean
2: I hope so but I think I also definitely I feel very like I am very much in my you are here for now pace.
0: Yes. Do you know? Yes. You're totally in it. Mm. Yeah. And that is the title of my new book. Yes. You know, that's the thing about my new book. <laughs> it's so good and <laughs> applicable to everyone. And you know, the fact that it's $16 is really a very special and good thing also about <laughs> my book. You are here for now. Um, I think, you know, I think that something that I'm really proud of you, Laya, is that every job you've been at you have always brought the entirety of who you are. And so you have always like gone above and beyond what was asked of you. You have yes. always like put yourself out on a limb to cover other people's asses, like infamously have, have saved many, uh, uh, fellow colleague in that space. Um, and then created work for people when you didn't realize like the fact that you hired my best friend's wife to do her first freelance illustration without even knowing like it was your friend's friend's friend. It's just that you, you do the work to like discover young and emerging talent is very cool. And I, I mean, this is just becoming like a, I love Laya Garcia podcast,
1: but truly, but,
0: but I feel this way. I really do. Like to me, that is why you are cool. I think there are some people that are very concerned with building themselves up into something. And then there are people that are doing the work and bringing people with them and making things happen. Not always on the cover of the magazine, but like on the masthead. And that's you. Like, I just think there are many people who are working hard that we know right now. And some of these people will not be doing a version of what they are doing in 20 years. But I wholeheartedly believe that you will be. I think that there's longevity Thank you. In a very special way. And I don't believe that for myself. You know, not just because I'm depressed and Jewish, but because I really don't think I'll still be in this space. Anyway, Wait, I'm just... Wait, I want to know, you know.
2: know what Tavi what Tavi feels about this. Oh, I know this isn't what you were asking me,
1: Laya, but it is like, it's insane how, um, how many things you do and how like at every um, job you've had, you've actually done like several different jobs and also have made like with bringing people up have made such an effort to like uh even at rookie where it wasn't even like your job but you were um a contributor like finding people who didn't necessarily um already have an established like thousands of followers or a blue check mark Mm -hmm. or whatever um at lenny oh my god um
0: I think that there are probably people who are listening to this podcast right now who work in media and they are Laya Garcia's as well. Like there are people listening who are like, yes, that's me. I work under three layers of people. I am constantly saving their asses. I am underpaid. And like every cool thing, every genuinely cool thing that's come out of this publication in the last five years has been me or like my other friend who's making like 55 K a year that they had to beg for. And I just want to say to all of you, like, we see you and we're grateful for you. And we understand that that's how things really do get done. Um, Until, you know, a faceless corporation buys your publication and then shutters it in six months. Tommy, like what was the moment when you took a look around and you were like, holy shit, this is my life. I'm doing it. This is possible.
1: I've definitely, I mean, the first play I did when I moved here, uh, I moved here to be in a Broadway play and the opening night, Um, it was like, uh, you know, lots of people I knew in one place really relieved that the show was like, it was uh, really um, challenging. I'd never been in a professional uh, play before. And I was like really scared. And the whole night people would be like, and the reviews are great. Not that it matters. Um, so I was like, okay, like no one could, Tell that I'm like bad at acting. Cool. Pretty cool. And um, yeah, that did feel that way. But then I've I mean, not to and this is my depressed Jewish side, but like, you know, I've also then had an opening nights where I'm like, why didn't it feel why doesn't this feel like that one? Or like, hmm. why am I so unhappy? Or like, isn't something else supposed to happen now? And um I think I'm just, you know, it's sort of like you learn to appreciate different things uh in yeah. different ways <laughs> as your life changes
2: but what is also cool about you i think is that you are successful in such a variety of like things like as your friend like it's been cool to see you like yes see you in the plays and like also you know going way back to when there was like the rookie road trip and seeing you like drive across america and like you know connect with real people and just like
0: she's running
2: i just (laughs) i just think that that's that that's very cool because it's like because you always you try new things and you succeed thanks it's cool
0: to see someone who is so like hungry to to try new things and to do their best at them but not at the expense of creating a community or bringing people with them it's like like you are clearly very hungry to grow and to be good at what you're doing but not in a like showgirls like stepping on someone else way it's more in a like no i i also want to come like i see you're doing that thing can i come too and then i'm gonna like give it my all um i would love to talk about rookie because to me this is like Rookie is such an incredible legacy that you both have built together. I think people don't give Rookie enough credit for essentially being the mood board for most of culture since. For giving, I I mean that like like so much of culture is like straight out of Rookie. Rookie collected you know existing inspirations and ideas and aesthetics and gave them all a home and and really helped people find their voice and so many so many rookie girls, rookie women are now running shit. Like rookie, the rookie stuff is everywhere. And I know we talked about Olivia Rodrigo, who we all love. And I feel like Olivia Rodrigo's team, like there, I mean, there's rookie people in the team. Like, it's not just like on the mood board. It's like, no, you went to the source in, in a very special way. And so I just love, I love that. That is not just part of your story, but really like a big part of where the story starts because Creating something like Rookie is sort of like an end of career move. But for you, it wasn't a beginning of career move. And that's cool.
1: Oh, shit. Thanks. Whoa. I mean, it's funny because Rookie was also mood boarded out of other things, you know, like, yeah, I mean, literally every month I sent out a new mood board. So I it's, you know, easy for me to kind of be like, I don't really know where, you know. Tumblr ended and Rookie began or Mm. where Rookie ends and the post-Rookie influence begins. And I'm obviously way too close to have a good perspective on it. But I did look at our books for the first time in a really long time yesterday. And I was like, oh, right. Long form writing. Like there were so many things where I was like, oh, this was so specific and aesthetics can be kind of easily... I don't mean to say co-opted because it's not like I don't know if rookies like this the source for a lot of what's popular now. But um,
0: and I'm being hyperbolic because I'm close to the subject. Like <laughs> for the like, let the record show. Tavi's being very diplomatic and and being careful. You're being careful to be accurate, whereas I'm just like flinging words around, which I I do respect. And yeah, I think. Of course, rookie, rookie drew from many inspirations because rookie contributors were from all over the yeah, place yeah. and so many backgrounds.
1: Right. Yes, and it was, but it, there wasn't like us as much of a centralized place for like, yeah, you know what we were enjoying in like fashion blogging or the feminist blogs I read or what I saw on Tumblr. And it is good to be reminded, like, visual language can maybe easily translate into like music videos or advertising or whatever but there was like more going on than that
2: i don't know i mean i think a cynical view of it could be lay it on me no no i uh, (laughs) i'm not saying you're being cynical i just mean like
0: tavi and i were both like "Ooh, a cynical view please (laughs) there's
2: like two ways to look at it like the cynical view is to think of it as like the corporations that did put rookie on their mood board and then sort of fried but i think what we're seeing now is people that legitimately grew up reading rookie this is and they are just out in the world like living their lives which i think is why it's so special like uh like i've had this conversation about you know rookie we i call it the vomit pink wars uh, <laughs> 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 but it's like you know there's just like with olivia and like a lot of a lot of these girls and i think it would be sort of cynical to say you know wag your finger blah 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 but i think the real thing is that these are all people that grew up with ricky and it makes perfect sense that their their aesthetics include or their interests include you know branches of the things that ricky had because that's what like that's what ricky was for you know what i mean so it's actually i'm actually kind of really intrigued to see more of that happening uh yeah (laughs) no
1: I I
0: think that what what you're saying is is so spot on and it's it's lazy for me to to talk about the visual aesthetics but of course also that's what I would gravitate to as a person who doesn't know how to read but
2: (laughs) okay but you wrote a book with words so the jig is up
0: not that many (laughs) um and no but I I do think to your point like what what rookie really did was yeah create a home for a lot of this expression and then share it and amplify it to an entire generation of people who were looking for something like it and and there was nothing else and now those people are grown up or are on the way to grown up and are shaping culture for maybe the next generation and you know i think that's it is my cynical like i worked in advertising for a time To say like, oh, mood board, mood board, mood board, but it's like beyond the mood board, like you really disseminated information in a voice that was was listenable and you gave advice in a conversational and participatory way, which is so important. And I think we don't all learn best by being preached to Um, often we do need to welcome someone and so. I, I love seeing like rookies out in the world succeed and like, we don't need to like list all the names, but there's so many rookies who are now leading the way at other publications or writing cover stories, or I don't know, everyone's just killing it. And it's so wonderful to see that that came from a community.
1: Well, there's also a distinction. I think between like the people we are talking about and then, you know, a corporation or whatever, um, the, um, media VC bro but even those publications or creative agencies or whatever, like they're made up of people and I, you know, know people at them and they are, they want to do good things and they have good taste. And so it's like, um, you know, when rookie ended, I, I was sort of like, okay, you can choose to be like, I did this and I didn't make money off of it and now it's been this springboard for other people or it's been co-opted in different ways or I could be like this was a great springboard for people and for me and like how amazing to make something that has an audience at all and it wasn't like um you know we were toiling away in obscurity or anything like right so I think when it was a financial kind of mess toward the end and so when that comes into play it's like easy to only think in terms of that metric of success but i realized like oh even the things that i that didn't directly um come from rookie like it's all related and i just all that makes
2: sense i mean at the same time time like nothing lasts forever totally
0: yes I think it would be a lot less it's like the I... this is so stupid I feel like the coolest parties are the ones that get shut down like there's very much this thing that like rookie was there at a moment it was sort of it was sort of there at the end of that like blog spot kind of culture and mm-hmm. helped transition into how to survive the platforms and then also like there's four rookie yearbooks and the rookie on love compilation like Rookie isn't gone by any means. Like those books are on bookshelves. Like I bought my my kid sister those books because Aww. I just felt like they were so much cooler than anything I could ever say or give her. And I just knew that like, I couldn't just say like, here, read this entire website. <laughs> but to give a book that you can sort of like dive into at any moment. And, and it really feels like a, a cohesive experience. Like, I think that's the the power of the Rookie year books. Um, It's something I think about with my books all the time. Is like, how can I make a book that is an object? How can I make a book that says so much more than what it says? And and also becomes about the person who gave it to you, right? Like the rookie book, you know, um, on the table at a store is so different than someone who loves you being like, hey, I see traces of you reflected here. And I would love for you to be able to like experience this fully. So I think... You know, everything that you, you wrote and spoke about at the end of Rookie was so beautiful and eloquent. And, and again, I really mean it when I say Rookie feels like the kind of project that you do after you've succeeded wildly and are just like reflecting back and you want to give back, you know, late in your late stage career and to to really launch your career and others with that project in your literal teenage years is is truly incredible. Um, and I'm just, I'm just proud of all that you have both built and, and all the other rookie, um, rookies who are involved. Um, I want to pivot to something that's really important. I think, you know, I think this is probably on a lot of listeners' minds when they think of Tavi Gevinson and Laya Garcia, they think, you know, sort of iconically about short hairstyles. (laughs) And then in recent years, you've both had longer hair. And I just want to know, like, is there a conspiracy at play?
2: Yes yeah
0: you heard it here on the you are here for now podcast
2: (laughs) we all have the same length haircut right now i just want to point that out
0: yes let the record show oh
2: yeah a shoulder length bob well
0: i became aware of of i became aware of of iconic trendsetters growing out their hair and i thought i too will do this um and, I, you know, in the interest of transparency, the only reason Tavi and Laya agreed to do this podcast is because I sent very extensive documentation of my hair length. Yes. And, you know, <laughs> it, went through, it went through layers of approval um, and Laya's publicist finally, ultimately approved it. I considered,
2: um, we considered making you get a trim and then we decided it was actually a great length.
0: Thank you so much for that consideration. Um, it is really appreciated. And um, please also thank Brenda for me because her email responses were <laughs> very prompt.
2: She's a delight.
0: Brenda, if you're listening, we love you and <laughs> thank you for all that you do. Um, okay, so let's talk about fashion, which is not a thing I know literally anything about. Um, what are you wearing today and why? Tell us about your, your outfits for the audio listeners um, who yes. are probably thinking, wow, they look great.
1: Uh okay, I'm wearing a pink J. Crew dress that I got a few years ago. That's just kind of like the a uh, go-to summer easy uh in very hot weather. And then these earrings that uh Lauren Tep for a photographer who did stuff for rookie made
2: and sent me during COVID.
0: Lia, who are you wearing? What, <laughs> I am what, wearing what or who?
2: A little boy uh Haynes tank top formerly known as a wife beater uh, because because, uh, you know the part of me that is a Gwen Stefani fan in the 90s will never die Okay, though we see how I clarified in the 90s
0: yes yes we no longer need to edit this out yeah Brenda was about to send me an email
2: And I am wearing a black cotton dress over it for the same reason as Tavi is wearing her pink dress, because it is an easy summer dress uh, when it's very hot.
0: I would love to know more about your accessories, in particular your necklace.
2: Oh, so I'm wearing a gold chain with a spider <sighs> turquoise body, which belonged to my grandmother. She is still alive. Um, I am wearing. <laughs> Every time I say this yeah. used to be my grandmother, people are like, "Oh," and I'm like, "Yeah, but she's very much alive. Like, don't get sure. it wrong." Sure. Uh, then this is like a little gold bean in the middle, and then I'm wearing this necklace um, that I made myself.
0: Oh, and 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 yes, what would the um, what is the brand name of the necklace?
2: It's not a brand. It was just like a name for the Instagram, which I guess became the brand. It, that
0: is how literally everything starts. Yeah. <laughs>
2: It's yeah. called uh, La Fleur McTeen, which is the name of a flower I made up when I was a little kid and I wrote poems about this flower.
1: This whole time, I thought it was like real French stuff and I was going to bring it up today, but I was like, I can't say the name because I'll butcher it and you'll send me a cease and desist, but it's not even...
2: Nope, it's just a word I made up. And I have Googled it since and just because for a second, I was like, what if it's real, and the fact that I knew about it is like a sign of my past life, but it's not. It's just fully made up.
0: Wow, LaFleur McTien. Very yeah, popular um, accessories, a, a budding accessories brand that has appeared in a, several um, fashion editorials. We do have to talk about Gossip Girl. I, so I, full disclosure, I've been avoiding talking about Gossip Girl because when the original Gossip Girl premiered, they canceled Veronica Mars to make space for it on the CW lineup. And I did write a letter, a handwritten letter to then CEO of the CW, Don Ostroff. And I said, you know, dear Miss Don Ostroff, please do not cancel Veronica Mars for Gossip Girl. I will never watch Gossip Girl ever in my life. This is
2: extremely Adam. This Mm
0: -hmm. is, oh, this is the very me a thing to say. And I got a form letter that was like, we hope you'll enjoy Gossip Girl. It's like, well, (laughs) I will. In God. fact, I will. And after like the second episode, I watched all of Gossip Girl and I loved every second of it. I have to say the new Gossip Girl is immediately much better and more plausible um because the the current iteration of of your character and how Gossip Girl operates as like a anonymous submissions Instagram account like exists. And I am Twitter mutuals with one of the writers on the show just for years and When I watched that first episode, I was like, this is what happens when you have the right people in the right room writing something that they care about. And it was so fun to watch this new version that didn't replicate the original, referenced it just enough, and then, like, moved on. And it's very fun. Mitchell and I watch it together, which normally we don't watch TV together.
1: Oh, I'm, like, so happy to hear that. Thank you.
0: And I... I will also say, knowing you, I love that your character is kind of like an exaggerated version of you, but then it's so self aware. And, like, I mean, even in the first episode, you are like self dragging. It's just right there. Oh, uh,
1: and it's am so I? fun wait, to watch. Wait, 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 wait. <laughs> uh, what you're seeing is a simple actress doing her best. What do you mean I'm self dragging? <laughs> Because we're like, what's a blog?
0: <laughs> oh no, I I love the, the scene where you're talking about how hard it is to write in Gossip Girl's voice. Oh,
1: where yeah, it's right. that
0: very like like you're the personification of Kristen Bell's um, vocal inflection from the original, and I think it's like to me, it's so like uh, it's so um, self-referential, but like reverent of the original, like like Kristen Bell's voice, and like you know, I think veronica mars stands we know that like kristen was hired as a sort of like half apology for her show being canceled by don ostroff um (laughs) but there's something so like ridiculously soapy about it and then for you to like give that character life but you're not like a soapy soap opera you're just you're talking about how hard it is to write as one like i just loved that moment as a fan i felt like this is so great like this is these are writers who love Gossip Girl. Yes,
1: yes, it's true. Yes, I know. I'm, it's so, it's like I don't make these connections really. So, like, I, but you're right, like, it's totally written in there. There was a line when we're like looking at the first Gossip Girl where like I was supposed to say, like, I wish I'd started a website in high school or something like that, and I was like, "Why <laughs> not say that?" I was like, I don't think it is supposed to be a reference, but to like you guys, it would make it yeah. seem like it is. But it is confused. It's like not enough. Anyways, um, yeah, I'm happy to hear you say that. I don't mean to be so self-deprecating. Ah. If you
2: said that line, I would have literally died in my living room couch.
0: (laughs) There are so many people that would have rolled their eyes and laughed at the same time, which was always part of the Gossip Girl experience, right? Like, Gossip Girl was a good show, but it wasn't a good show. Like, you're not writing succession, you know what I mean? Like, that's not the brief. And we have different shows that fill different needs, but I love watching the new Gossip Girl because it feels like it was made for me then and made for me now. Yeah,
1: I'm embarrassed at how, like, uh, self-serious I sound about it. But I will say I am shocked at how much um, how much more self-conscious I am uh, being on a TV show. So, like, I was, like, when the first episode came out, I was like, I'm going to look at the memes. Like, I want to see what all the, like, the funny things people are making and stuff. And I just quickly learned, like, not well, you still have to, like, get in front of camera and, like, say words and you know seem like you're not um you know just totally like watching yourself and freaked out so
0: That's not surprising even remotely
2: I watched the first episode and I was um live texting it to her and then after a while I was like should I should I not do this like oh my god but then it was fine so now I do it um all the time
1: Oh no <laughs> I I welcome it and I've seen some very good TikToks Oh please
2: Like, I will just send her like lines, like in the first episode when she's like, my hat, my apartment tonight or whatever. And I was like, Oh, my God,
0: it's just such a like a fun show. And Laya said this earlier, like you're someone who does so many different things. And they're not in conflict with each other. And if anything, I think they inform each other. And that will always be the case with creatives. Like there are people who are paying attention to every little thing that I put out, whether it's a book or a refrigerator magnet. And they understand the context and then there are people who went to five below and bought the discount version of my seven-year-old book that just got reissued with a blue cover and you know it's it's totally devoid of who i am and what i'm about and and that doesn't matter they just enjoy it so to be someone that can create art and culture for people wherever they're at is just a very special thing and i feel again the same way about what Lia does whether it's bringing your editorial eye to a publication or are creating LaFleur Flore while also elevating other designers who are doing a similar work um, in an editorial publication. Like once again, it's not about hoarding success or attention. It's so much about like distributing all of your interests in and the community that it all stems from so that everyone can succeed together
2: well before you said all of that um i was gonna say that that means that you both have the range but i don't want it to sound like i'm saying that i have the range because my range is extremely limited compared to your ranges no i've been to karaoke
0: with you and can you have the range she has the range ladies and gentlemen
1: you've got multiple ranges yes
0: famously
2: like that the fact that you like meeting people where they are is so cool and also exploring all of the things that interest you without worrying like what one can do to the other and like understanding that they're like individual things is very cool being
0: an artist in the world is is just to be making art in all forms and to be transmuting lived experience into something tangible or expressive that can help others that others to help others feel what you feel and so the medium is really not irrelevant, but but the medium can always change. Anything that you are creating, anything that you're putting out is your art. And what's nice about putting it out there is that yeah, someone can digest one part. Someone can watch Gossip Girl on HBO Max, or you know they can read um they can read old issues of Rookie, or they can look forward to Tavi's future projects, or they can you know buy my book. You are here for now for sixteen dollars from an independent bookstore. Um, or they can, you know, again, fridge magnet, keychain, T-shirt, like novelty stress ball, heart. Um, I'm doing an. The
2: balloon. I, the
0: balloons. The sorry, I'm such an asshole.
2: Which oh, I I'm have framed. Asshole.
0: I have made so many things that make no sense at all. That's but when you see it all true. together, when when you pull back, I think that when when you pull back on all three of us, it's so clear that we are just people doing our thing. And so to judge any one thing separately is sort of to miss the point.
2: Called a body of work. Uh,
0: Yes, a body of work.
2: My body, the work.
0: <laughs>
2: Wait, but I. Did if you're just tuning say... in, we're
0: here with Tavi Gevinson and Jenny Holzer.
1: <laughs> <laughs> um. Wait, what were you gonna say? Well, I did want to say when you were talking about like you know uh, meeting people where they're at and um, you know the kind of rookie voice. Like I think about that with your books too, where it's like wherever you're at, whether it's um, you know, in the scope of like your career or your like a uh, you know figuring out what uh success means to you, particularly with some kind of creative endeavor. But also literally if I'm just like wherever I am at in a project, like having fallen out of love with it or being feeling kind of hopeless or whatever. Um It really is like everything you make has like, it's like a a pharmacy for of like medicine for all of these different, um, you know, Mm. ailments of being a person and an artist and like an artist who like does art for a living. But um, I just think like, it's such a, yeah. When you were saying that about Rookie, I was like, but that's what you do. So thank you. I mean, you know, wanted to plug the book again
2: plug it
0: please um I mean I I really do think about my art as me creating tools that I need Mm. and sometimes it's as literal as like just printing the thing that I had handwritten on a post-it to myself or other times it's like taking that post-it note and turning it into like a four-foot neon sculpture or a bath mat or a stress ball or a teddy bear like it's it's just me like screaming but then across any medium possible because i know that people some people like books and some people want keychains and it's like i just want to yeah it is it's meeting you god where you are and meeting me where i am because i have had like total breakdowns and then like seen my own new year's postcard on my own fridge and been like oh i've been here before Mm -hmm. and i and i could get through and i'll and i'll I'll be there again. And I will say that you are here for now started out as like a book about optimism and it was called soon. And it was, it was all about just wait and see. And I was working on it and I was really struggling and I realized I was struggling because that's bullshit. Hmm. Like that's it's, you can't always wait and see because a global pandemic hits or you waited and saw, and it turns out your body just can't create the serotonin that you need. So you checked it out. Good research time to like, switch up the meds and i feel like the book ended up becoming once again like me living in real time and and taking notes as i go and and solving not solving my own problems because i'll i'll make up new ones but it helped.
2: it's like the book is like uh what it's like to be your friend for people that
0: means so much to me That was like the number one thing I wanted to do. It
2: is 100% that.
0: When I think about the way I was able to give a rookie yearbook or the way I hope people could give a copy of You Are Here For Now to someone, it is a way of being like, hey, I know we can't just have a heart to heart, but I want you to like, I wish that we could. Mm -hmm. And so here's a book that you're welcome to peruse at your your most vulnerable or, or when you're available and just know that like, I, I wish I were saying these things to you now and in the future when you come back to them.
1: That's beautiful.
0: I'm very shitty to myself. This I'm working on it with my new therapist. Like I I'm genuinely like awful to myself and I don't talk to myself like a friend as I should. Um, but I really do believe in the power of, of all art. And so as a result in the power of my own art to just say something somehow to someone and, I am not, I will not be winning any Pulitzer Prizes. I'm not writing literary work, but sometimes you just want to speak to someone the way that you would speak to them. And when I wrote this book, I read it out loud constantly to make sure it sounded like something I would speak and not even like slip into like, you know, my email voice or one of my other voices. It was very like, how would I say this if I were just sitting down with someone?
1: But that quality is actually so hard. To find as a reader and also like execute and find as a writer and for it to be authentic and like my yeah
2: go ahead I don't no like
1: a lot of my favorite books are like that like and I try to read aloud stuff for the same reason like I mean not everything like calls you know works for that but especially like you know Rookie was supposed to feel like talking to a friend in that way and and it did oh yeah I mean I I like voiciness I I a lot of the time to trick myself into writing I'll like start a email or note on my phone where I'm like maybe I'll send this to a friend because my phone is like I send incredibly detailed long texts to friends and I'm like maybe I can trick myself into thinking that I'm just trying to talk to someone um mm. instead of like writing, it sitting down and writing for a one day audience or whatever
2: i was just gonna say we don't need not every book needs to be a politaire book like whatever i don't even pass need, like whatever we need
0: uh i don't even want recognition for my work <laughs>
2: well no it's just like you need you no, make I know. you make what yeah. you need to make and what you need to make people need to read like i don't you know what i mean it's like uh, this is a jump but I don't think it's actually a jump at all it's like uh, you know when you work in fashion sometimes you're like what the f*** am I doing this is so stupid like uh, there's more important things to do but it's like not everybody can be a doctor or uh, a lawyer I don't know I don't know what
0: we need We need all of it like we need yeah. all of
2: it so I don't think that yeah. I mean I know that that's just being you being like nah, 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 but I'm here to be like no and not for
1: seriously
2: um, but also okay. uh, unrelated, I just read that uh, this uh, this writer, I think it's Helen Helen Rothner, that she talked about how she has a secret Twitter account, um, mm. no followers, no like, no nothing. But uh, she tweets out, she like makes herself like tweet out her ideas just because when she's formatting it as a tweet, sometimes it helps her find clarity. Like nobody huh. sees it, but it's just a way to get sort of past that. I feel Maybe like we need to
0: like go back to 2010 and have like a group private tum. We need to start a Gossip Girl, but it's actually just us, um, like snitching on ourselves. I and think that's not just
2: a group it. chat.
0: <laughs> I think I'm describing a friendship.
2: It's, friendship
0: is such a yeah.
2: I think you're describing a friendship.
0: It's been so long since I have had a friendship. <laughs> okay, I have I have uh, a last question. I actually have two, but we're going to go quick. Um, What is your... This is a question for both of you. Um, What is your preferred way to die? Have you thought about how you want to die? And what would be your preference?
2: Yes, my preferred way to die. Sorry, I'm just... I have thought about this. I figured it out a long time.
0: That doesn't surprise me at all.
2: What I would really love to do is go up into space. Like, really, go into space. <laughs> what the f- Not like Bezos. I
0: didn't think you would say that.
2: Yeah, so what I really want to do is I would love to go up, and then um, maybe what I would like is for there to be a way where you can release me. And maybe I'm wearing my little astronaut suit, and I am just floating in outer space. And then you very delicately reduce my oxygen amount until I just fall asleep forever, and I am floating. For all eternity. That is
0: my preferred way to die. I literally just muted my microphone. <laughs> because uh, I'm, I'm like, actually, I'm crying a little bit. Um, That is weirdly beautiful, but so not what I thought you would say. Um, and I'm so glad that this podcast is happening at this stage in our friendship so we could talk about it. That
1: would be so panic inducing. But I guess you're like, what am I afraid of? I'm about to.
2: To me to me anytime that i read about space watch a documentary about there was a great series on the discovery channel and the discovery channel was like about science and not or maybe they're still about science and i'm thinking of clc anyway um called the universe and it was like so many episodes and it was so fantastic and to me when i think of us being on planet earth planet earth who called it that uh planet earth The
0: Discovery Channel.
2: (laughs) And just like planet Earth being just like a, you know, one planet in one galaxy of like many, like the fact that we don't know and we are so small, like uh, to me, that is what people experience when they like go to church and they like believe Mm. in a God, like that humbling. And to me thinking about the universe and thinking about that we'll never know. We'll never know where it ends or where it begins or what is beyond, you know, that's just incredible. So to be able to just be witness to that for one time in my life and just become part of it is to me like the best that that is my ideal ending.
0: Laya, we need to do drugs together. (laughs) I for I'm putting that out there. Next time we hang out, um, you know what? The more you explain it, the more beautiful and like very reasonable it becomes. Yeah. And I do think also there's something there of like your body's going to be like frozen and just sort of floating forever, and that's kind of beautiful. Like the universe is your grave, all of the universe,
2: all of the universe.
0: It's interesting.
1: But think about I... this: here on Earth Mm-mm. is. Oh the universe, not also your grave?
0: Yeah, but it's less special because everyone has it, you know? (laughs) Sure. (laughs) Not just anyone can float around in outer space forever. Sure, sure. That's, you know... See, Laya Garcia has big picture thinking.
1: Whoa.
0: I don't even... My answer was just like, you know, painlessly in my sleep, goodbye. And now I'm embarrassed.
1: I didn't even... I've never been able to think of one. I mean, the stage, I don't know.
0: Well, you were born but, like a few weeks ago, so it's its still oh. too fresh. I
2: haven't had a lot of time to think about it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, one day. Adam, Tavi, you're an adult also, Adam. You were born like two minutes ago, so. <laughs> <laughs> Figure out how you want to I just
0: I just know that there are listeners at home who are like, someone needs to mention that Tavi was once young. And sure. I wanted to get it in there, you know, right before we're out of time. Um, oh. Thank you both so much for being on the pod. This conversation was so life-giving and just so good to see both of your faces and be in the same space as you air quote space. Um, where can we find each of you online?
2: I am at geometric sleep everywhere.
1: My website is Tavi dot world. I'm very proud of it. Honestly, the design's really cool. Uh, and my a sad Instagram is at Tavi tool, T U L L E. Yeah, check
0: it out. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Visit us online. Um, you know what? There's not a good way to answer this question, and you always have to do it at the end, but it just sucks. Like, <laughs> hey, if you if you thought I sounded cool, check out my face.
1: Well, I li- I mean, Laia, you did a very straightforward. That was that was that was good. that was good we can just say we don't have to apologize for
2: who we are Adam girl stop apologizing I can't relate girl stop (laughs) apologizing oh god I'll cut your hair thank
0: you
1: (laughs) thanks Adam
0: you've been listening to you are here for now the podcast If you liked what you heard, please take a minute to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And pick up a copy of my book, You Are Here For Now, for yourself or someone you love at your favorite bookstore or adamjk.com. Until next time, be kind to yourself and remember, you are here, but you're not alone.